Good morning. Want to wish everyone a happy Easter. Even better, I like to declare happy Resurrection Day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. I'm excited today about the Word of God. I'm excited about what God is showing and doing in His people. I want you to take an opportunity today to kind of sit and listen to the Word of God. I believe today will be a pivotal point. What do you mean pivotal point? Well, oftentimes we talk about Easter and we've made it sometimes a celebration that has become an annual thing. I want to show you, I believe, from the Word of God today the significance of Easter by looking at the whole picture. Sometimes we can see a segment of a thing and we're looking at it one way, but I believe God has today given us an opportunity to see the whole picture. Uh, I'm going to be very honest and candid with you. Today won't be the traditional Easter message. I'm sure there'll be opportunities for multiple individuals to share a traditional Easter message and nothing wrong with that. I believe today God wants us to hear something a little different, uh, what, at least what he's given me. So let's open up and be attentive. And I believe it will be a blessing to you. Let's open in a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your incredible grace and your mercy that you've shown us. God, you've brought us even another year into the Easter celebration. Thank you for reminding us of the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to celebrate this opportunity. Now, Father, as always, we give you the honor and the praise and the glory. We thank you that the kingdom of heaven is here. May your word have free course and be glorified in Christ's name. Amen. Again, good morning to you. So let's go into the word of God today. I want to speak to you from the topic. God made a choice so that you can choose to embrace the kingdom movement. Once again, God made a choice so that you can choose to embrace the kingdom movement. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 from the New Living Translation, that's Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, New Living Translation. The Bible says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. It's amazing God is speaking to his people and say, I've given you a choice. The choice is between life and death. The choice is between blessings and curses. And he, then he goes on to say, oh, I just hope you choose life. It's like taking an open book test and God showing you the answers. I believe God wants us to choose to embrace the kingdom movement. He made a choice so that we can choose to embrace the kingdom movement. Before I go further in the message, I want to share with you this. The entire message is in the title today. I pray that when I finish, you will realize that God himself made a choice about you and I so that we can choose to embrace the kingdom movement. My first point as we get ready to go in today's segment, I believe, as I said, that God desires us to embrace the kingdom movement to embrace the fact that his kingdom is coming into the earth, that his kingdom has come through his son, Jesus Christ. 
I believe as we look at this Easter celebration that there are some things that we can learn. Number one, God made a choice in eternity past so that we can have a choice today. God made a choice in eternity past so that we can have a choice today. What do you mean, Pastor? When we talk about Easter, most of us reflect in the religious community. We reflect on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. And that is true. But I want you to know that's not all. That's not the only part of the Easter story. I want you to recognize that God made a choice in eternity past so that we can make a choice today. Go with me to Revelations chapter 5 and verse 6. Revelations chapter 5, verse 6, King James. Now, I want you to stick with me because we're talking about the fact that God made a choice in eternity past so that we could have a choice today. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 5, verse 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Well, I know you're saying, well, pastor, why are we reading this? Aren't we talking about Easter? Oh, yeah. But notice there's a lamb standing in the midst of the elders as it had been slain. So it's not a lamb in its normal nature. It's a lamb having like it already been slain. Let's look at Revelations chapter 13, verse 8, King James. Revelations chapter 13, verse 8. Now, I'm going to hit you with something fast and hard now. I know it's Easter because I'm not going to hold you too long. Revelations chapter 13, verse 8. And it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So, in eternity past, before the world was ever formed, was a lamb as it was slain. So hold on for a moment. Before the earth was formed, before man was created, there is a lamb as it was slain in eternity past. Well, what's going on here? I'm glad you asked. First Peter chapter one, verse 12. The Bible says, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, themselves, they're talking about the prophets that not unto the prophets or themselves, but unto us. They did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, even the angels didn't know what the lamb represented. They didn't understand the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Even the angels desired to look into the redemption story. Oh, just hang on. Revelations chapter 12, verse 7. 
The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. See, it's obvious all the angels didn't understand because how would the enemy have the influence over angels if they knew the lamb had been slain and what he represented? See, somewhere in eternity past, there was a war in heaven. That war was with Michael and his angels and Satan and his angels. It was not with Jesus. I want you to understand that. See, the, no, the enemy is no match with Jesus because God created all the angels by his breath anyway. What? Yeah, we're we going to get in the book today. I know, I, I know this is a little different Easter story, but just hold on. Psalms 33 and 6 says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God created the angels from the breath of his mouth. So see, it's never been a war between Satan and God, a war between Satan and Jesus. The war was between Michael and his angels and Satan and his angels. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Why, why am I dealing with this? Because some people think that there's a war between Jesus and Satan, as though Satan is any kind of a match. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume. The Lord's going to do what? He's going to consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Jesus is going to have so much glory when he comes that his glory is going to destroy the enemy. So why in the world are we giving the enemy so much clout? I just want you to know the war that was in heaven in eternity past was not with Jesus and the enemy. The war in eternity past was with Michael and his angels and Satan and his angels. Verse 8, back, we're going back to Revelation chapter 12 at verse 8. After this war, the Bible says, that even though Satan had and his angels were fighting, the Bible says, and they prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. You know, the enemy is the real loser, not you. What do you mean, Pastor? Think about this. We are trying to get to heaven. We're living the life. We're looking forward to the opportunity. The enemy was there and got kicked out. He's the real loser, not you. Verse 9, the Bible says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So the enemy was evicted from heaven and no longer has a place there. He's never going to be allowed in heaven again. So the enemy has angels or demons, they were also evicted. The Bible says he was cast out into the earth and his angels or demons were cast out with him. Bottom line, I want you to get this. Well, I know you're saying, well, how are we talking about Easter? How's this got anything to do with Easter? I'm glad you asked because the bottom line, when you recognize that Satan and his angels were kicked out, 
Now you understand man is not the only fallen creation that God has. Let me say it again. Man is not the only fallen creation that God has. Number two. Not only did God make a choice in eternity past so that we could have a choice today. But look at this. God's choice to redeem us was made out of love. God's choice to redeem us was made out of love. What do you mean? Well, we were not God's plan B. We are his choice made out of love. See, see, we, we want a, a, a second choice. You remember how we used to, I don't know about you, but I was a little kid growing up. We come outside for recess in elementary school. And one of the things we love to do, we play kickball or something like that. When it came time to play kickball, you had to have two teams. So you would always have a captain and the captain would pick people to be on their squad or be on their team. And you would always try to pick the best people. But if somebody would, they, you knew somebody who could really kick or who could really run, boy, you tried to get them. But if the other captain got that person, then you had to take the plan B. I want you to know that we were not God's plan B. We were God's choice. He chose us purposely. He didn't look and say, well, this didn't work out. Let me get what's next. No, you were chosen purposely. Let me get back to my text here. John chapter three, verse 16, because I said God's choice to redeem us was out of love. You know the text very much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we're noticing that because of love, God gave his only begotten son. The Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse eight, but God showed his great love, New Living Translation, I'm sorry, Romans chapter five, verse eight, New Living Translation, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Notice it is happening because of love, not a plan B, but because of love. New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. I want us to understand the whole concept of Easter. I want us to be able to appreciate Easter even the more so. I want us to recognize that we weren't God's second team. I want us to recognize that God made a choice in eternity past so we can have a choice today. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, New Living Translation, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. So Jesus became flesh and blood like us so he could redeem us. You can't redeem flesh and blood unless you become flesh and blood. 
verse 15, Hebrews chapter two. The Bible says only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So there was no other way to strip the enemy of his power over death other than Jesus to become flesh and blood, to become crucified, to die on the cross, to be buried and to raise again, to be raised again from the dead on the third day. There was no other way to strip the enemy of his power over death. The Bible says, in case you wonder, does Jesus have this power? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18 of the King James Version, Jesus says this, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Notice the scripture let us know that the enemy had the power of death. But now Jesus is telling us, I stripped him of it and I now have it. Because the only way for him to do that was to become flesh and blood and die on our behalf. Verse 16, Hebrews chapter 2, New Living Translation. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. We were not God's only option, but we are his choice. What do you mean, pastor? He could have come to save the angels. Jesus could have redeemed angels instead of you and I. Jesus could have simply said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about them flesh and blood people. I am going to give my life for the angels. But he chose you. He chose me. He chose to become flesh and blood because that was the only way that we could be redeemed. God's choice to redeem us was out of love. In John chapter 15, verse 16, King James Version, the Bible says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. See, this wasn't about us choosing Christ. This is about Christ choosing us. You're chosen. You are chosen. Easter was about you being chosen. Easter was about God making a choice in eternity past so that you can have a choice today. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, New Living Translation. The Bible says, therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer sacrifice, offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. See, this was necessary. It was necessary for Jesus back to be beaten. It was necessary for them to spit on Jesus. It was necessary for them to slap Jesus. It was necessary for them to rip Jesus' clothes. It was necessary for him to be beaten. It was necessary because he had to redeem us by being the sacrifice for the sins of the people. In uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and 10, 
very briefly, New Living Translation. The Bible says, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. See, it was necessary. Let me read a couple of things and I'm going to close. I'm going to close for the day. You're telling me, Pastor, that we were God's first choice. Yes. Matter of fact, I'm telling you, we were God's only choice. He gave his only begotten son for us. Why? Well, I want you to look at, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In other words, he made Jesus to be sin so he could make us to be righteous. Even though Jesus knew no sin, God made him to be sin because he wanted to redeem you and I. Revelations chapter 5, verse 12. And we're going to close up with this. Remember, we started off in Revelations talking about a lamb that was slain that the angels didn't understand, that the angels desired to look into. What does this mean? Eternity is going on and on and on. All of a sudden, God creates time. He creates man. We have a heaven and an earth and all of these things. But there's a lamb that looks like he was slain and he was slain before the foundation of the world. And the angels are still wondering, what is this? The Bible says in the book of uh, Galatians, and I don't have time, that Jesus came in the fullness of time. Revelations 5 and 12 says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever because they recognized the lamb was slain for the sins of all mankind and that he was worthy to receive blessings and honor and praise and glory forever and always. Because the Easter story started a long time before the earth was ever formed. I pray that this message would encourage you. And I pray that you would now see how Easter is going to end. It's going to end by every creature giving the lamb the praise, the honor, the glory that he is due because a full recognition 
of his service unto God by giving his life as the ultimate sacrifice to redeem all mankind will be appreciated and honored by every creature because he's worthy to receive all the power, all the glory, and all the blessings both now and forever. Amen and amen. I pray that this Easter message would encourage you to see Easter from eternity past and you would see Easter in light of the future that we hold as we seek to embrace the kingdom of our God. Listen, if you're not saved, this is your opportunity. Today, we are commemorating the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus loved you so much, he was willing to die for you. And all he's asking is for you to live for him. If he was willing to die a death on, on your behalf, how could you possibly not be willing to live a life on his behalf? If you're willing to give your life to Christ and live, let him live his life through you, then today is your opportunity to be saved. I want to ask you now, let's just bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins knowing that he came to do that. Your sin is not too great. He knew every sin that we would ever commit and he was still willing to die for every one of us. He just wants you to live for him. Is that really too much to ask that Jesus is asking you to live for him and he's already demonstrated his love for you by dying for you? If you're ready, let's bow our head now. Lord Jesus, first, thank you. Thank you for being the ultimate sacrifice. Please forgive me of my sins. I recognize I have sinned against you. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you were buried. And I believe you rose again on the third day. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Live life through me. Amen and amen. That starts your journey into the kingdom of our God. A journey that will be like nothing else you've ever experienced. Because Christ has given you an opportunity to make a choice today. And he says, choose life and not death. Choose blessings and not curses. And he says, oh, that you would choose life. That is the kind of God we serve. Listen, thank you for taking the opportunity to be with us today. I pray that God will seal in your heart the importance of Easter and all that he's done from all eternity and all that he's brought into the earth in the fullness of time for such a time as this for you and I. May your heart be encouraged. And may the Lord bless you and cause heaven itself to smile upon you. God bless you.